0: Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where we explore an active self-care lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is more than just going for a run or a bike ride. These are conversations with others as we seek to build a theology of self-care together, exploring how we take that initiative to care for ourselves in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. Welcome into this conversation, this episode where I'm I'm talking to Ashley Oliver and Blaine Thomas, two new pastors here in the Virginia Conference, about their experiences for the first couple of months of ministry that they have been serving. Now, our serving year begins on July first, so they began their first appointments right out of seminary on July first uh, in Western, the Western part of Virginia, and so I wanted to have a conversation with them about how things are going so far, what their life looks like, what their self-care ritual looks like in this time, how they're taking care of themselves, how they're taking care of one another because they are uh, engaged and will be married uh, within the next year. And so what that looks like for them as they begin to look at their lives together. And so I wanted to have this conversation because I think the beginning of a journey often presents an opportunity to really set things from the front. So let's dive in and hear this conversation between myself and Ashley and Blaine. All right. So welcome back in, folks. I'm joined today by uh, two guests uh, who have labeled themselves Virginia's newest and youngest clergy couple, uh, which I do believe is true. Uh, And so I would love to welcome
1: in uh, Blaine Thomas and Ashley Oliver. How are you all doing today? good thank you for having us yeah awesome uh
0: so blaine you are new to the active faith podcast so why don't you introduce yourself who are you uh where are you from and uh why is self-care important for
2: you yeah um as as the the youngest full-time clergy um in, in the virginia conference i've got ashley beat by a uh a few months um I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> originally from Tallahassee, Florida, um, was a part of the Florida Conference. Um, and then after Ashley and I met at Duke, transferred into the Virginia Conference um, in high school. And uh, for a year in college, I was cross-country track athlete, um, ran for a year. Um, so always been active, um, always, always um, m- on the move. Um, but just recently, I think I've realized how important that is when it comes to um, work and uh, life balance, for sure. Definitely, definitely. And now I'm uh, I'm serving at uh, Bethany United Methodist uh, in, in in the Shenandoah Valley um, and, and beautiful metropolitan uh, Weir's Cave, Virginia.
0: <laughs> From the metros of Florida to the valley of, of central northern Virginia. <laughs> Absolutely. And Ashley, uh, many of our listeners will probably remember you from one of our earlier episodes when we talked about mental health. But why don't you give them a reminder and an update? Because the last time we saw you, uh, you were a seminary student trying to finish her seminary work. So what's going on with you these days?
3: Yes. Thanks for having me back. Um, it's exciting to, to be here. Um, yeah, I think last time I was probably in my second to last semester at Duke and wasn't engaged yet and <laughs> didn't really know what was next. But um, I am now a pastor at Mount Pisgah, a Yine Methodist, which is also in the Shenandoah Valley. So we are both in the Shenandoah River District now. Um, and a great little church outside of Mount Sydney, Virginia, which was a town that I had never heard of prior to being appointed here. Um, But super cute. And I'm very happy here.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And so uh, I invited Ashley and Blaine on uh, one, because as we heard the last time, Ashley has this great uh, perspective on mental health as someone who has uh, struggled with her own mental health challenges. Uh, But, and then, as I said at the top, Ashley and Blaine are two of the newest clergy in the Virginia Annual Conference, which is obviously the conference uh, that I serve in as a pastor. And for those of you who heard our um, episode a couple of weeks ago with Jesse Colwell, there's this dynamic when we are entering the ministry. uh, And here on Active Faith, I want to compare it for us entering any sort of vocation uh, that we practice. But as soon as we enter our vocation, there becomes these series of, we'll we'll call them choices that need to be made. And that big choice centers around, how am I going to practice self-care? And I think many of us know that those choices, those boundaries need to be set from the onset. And so I wanted to get Ashley and Blaine, who have now been serving in their appointments for about a month and a half, uh, to... Give us a little conversation on what it has been like to enter a vocation, to have to set those boundaries, to uh, come in and be able to say, this is what I've done. Uh, so for both of you, as we start, in, in these past you know 45 days or so that you all have been pastors and been reverends and living into those roles in, in your own churches, how are you creating space for self-care?
1: I mean, I think for
3: me, definitely was a priority coming in. I knew that it was going to be hard because, as a lead pastor, as a lot of people listening know, like it's a lot of responsibility and busyness. And so, for me, I knew that, you know, coming out of Duke, it was going to be different being from full time student to full time, you know, working full time. And so, I, one of the things for me was like, yes, therapy, I need to continue this. So, moving from my North Carolina therapist and then going to Virginia, it was really important to me to find another one that I could talk with here. And so that was like my main like self-care priority coming here and knew I wanted to continue that, um, you know, as well as, you know, being outside and, you know, having outlets like writing and walking and hiking and um, things that, you know, help help us remember to breathe
1: and kind of chill in the midst of everything going on. What about you, Blaine? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, when I started, the first thing I decided was that Friday
2: was going to be my Sabbath. Um, Friday was going to be the day there where I was away from work, Um, and so Friday has now become my weekly golf outing with uh, normally me, myself, and I. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: It's where I find uh peace it's where i find um joy it's where i also feel like i can sweat and uh release some of the stress um that is built up
1: throughout the week um and i think um and you can ask
2: Ashley but i think it makes me <laughs> normally more um complete or more
1: um hopefully healthy and uh you know it, being able to be who I am. Um, and, and,
2: and it really kind of allows me to kind of dip off into the weekend. Um, and then Saturday, we try to spend our kind of quality time, like our date day is Saturday. So Friday is normally kind of a self-care day for me. And then Saturday, we we do some stuff together.
0: Yeah. I, I love this uh, sort of, I guess, new era stuff. You know, when I was coming in, everybody talked about Sabbath. They talked about your, your one day off a week. Uh and and I remember very early on thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, it's cool that, you know, I get my, you know, what I call my alone time on Fridays. Uh when I was early on in ministry, I actually took Mondays off. Uh, but then especially as I had kids, I realized I'm like, no, I I like we deserve two days off. Uh we deserve two days where we're not really working. And I know sometimes Saturdays are a little bit more difficult to kind of keep that honest with uh whenever you have church events that come up. And so I know for me, I try and Keep those as sparing as possible to have things happen on Saturday so I can have that time to spend uh, with with my family, with my friends. And so what's it like to set those boundaries with your churches? You know, I mean, I know for me telling my folks, hey, Friday, you're not reaching me like there's no way I'm picking up the phone for anybody that's not like my wife, uh, my parents, my in-laws, people that I know specifically. Uh, What's it like to set those boundaries? Or what has it been like for you all? What's your, your experience been?
2: Yeah, I mean, at least for me, um, I kind of told my folks, kind of like you did, Andrew, like, look, Friday is I'm gone. So unless um, someone is dying actively or um, is dead, um, you know, refrain from phone calls. Um, and And at least for the first little while, this has been really well respected. Um, I would, I'll get phone calls on Friday and they'll go to my voicemail and they'll be like, Hey, pastor today, I know is your Sabbath. Um, this isn't an emergent need, but I just wanted to let you know now. And so then I can listen to it and be like, okay, great. Nothing's burning. Uh, nothing is an immediate need. Um, I can leave that, um, as it is and I can continue to Sabbath. Um, and so my folks have been really receptive to, to, uh, me taking Friday um as a me day um and and in fact I, i'm not sure if it's because we're, because we're young but it's almost been kind of at least for me expected that i need to take that time
1: mm. um
2: and so maybe that's like the world recognizing that like ooh sabbath is good um and
1: being away from the church is is really important uh one day a week for our pastor how about you Ashley yeah i think
3: we've both been really Lucky that both of our churches have been very respectful of our like request to have our Sabbath days. They're both both of our days are on Friday. And um they were almost like people would go out of their way to come up to me and be like, I really respect that you right right away it was like, This is my day. Like, don't bother me, don't, you know, reach out unless it's of course an emergency. But um I was like blown away by how mm. receptive they were to that um right from the get-go. Um, so it was hard definitely. I think there's a learning curve as like perfectionists <laughs> to like it's so tempting to pick up every phone call if you see it's someone from your church um yeah. and be like, you know, wonder what they want. But you know, we usually leave a voicemail. And so, you know, listen to that. If it's nothing urgent, then just move on
1: and address it another day.
0: I uh, no, I get it. It's so hard not to pick that phone up. When you see it ringing. it's like, ah, like it could be and I mean, I don't know about you all. My mind is always just like, I mean, maybe it could be an emergency. Like maybe somebody is dying. Uh, but I think I was reflecting with Jesse, you know, a couple of weeks ago that I, I mean, I've sat in SPRC meetings and meetings with my church council where it's been like, well, what if this situation happens? What if this situation happens? Um, and I think to myself, you know, now now eight years into the ministry, none of like I've never had those. Incidents. Not only have they not happened on Fridays, but they haven't even happened like overall in general. Uh, And I mean, we hope and pray that that's not the case. Uh, But I feel like that's also part of needing to practice self-care is it's as much the physical break, like not going into the office as it is the mental break of being able to step away uh, from your phone, from anything that may distract you from spending time with yourself. Uh I, I'm, I'm so glad that y'all get affirmation. I think that that is uh, naming of a way in nature that hopefully the tide is turning on how we address self-care in vocation. And I know the church is sort of its own little microcosm of the world. But hopefully even to see things and ideas changing within the church, we begin to see those ideas change overall, too, uh, and how other folks are handling self-care as well. Um, so how are you spending your self-care time? We hear Blaine loves to go golfing. Um, I used to do that really early on in ministry uh, when, when I had no kids. Uh, that was fun. Um, but uh,
1: how are you spending your self-care time? You know, honestly,
3: a lot of my self-care time since becoming a pastor has been like doing the bare minimum of like the days that I have off or the moments that I have off, like literally laying in bed watching Netflix or, like, any type of show or movie that, like, I don't need to use my brain um, has been, like, my primary way to kind of decompress, just doing mindless things. Um, definitely journaling and writing and, you know, things like that. And, and being outside, I'm really eager for it to get to be full so that we can hike without, like, sweating all of our water out of our body.
1: <laughs> um, so, but, um, yeah. Too much. And what about you, Blaine? Yeah, I mean e- even on days where you know I don't get out to the golf course um
2: I like to sleep in late that those days um I like to break the monotony of waking up early um and I'm not a sleep till noon kind of guy, but um most of the days um but but you know nine at nine o'clock, ten o'clock that I, I feel like it gives my body some rest. Um, and being able to kind of sink into those moments um, and live into those moments um, of rest and not having to jump up and get into the office. And, um, you know, and so, and also making sure that like, you know, I'm nourishing myself um, food wise and nourishing myself exercise wise. Um, all all of that's really been key. Um, still working on, at least for me, trying to find my rhythm of like what days to work out and what days, you know, how does that work with the schedule and, you know, and so still working on some of those rhythms, but some of the other rhythms have kind of started to fall into place and allow for that time of rest and, um, being away from the monotonous Monday to Thursday and then back to Sunday kind of, kind of grind.
0: And, and Blaine, you're in an interesting situation too, because, you've moved here from another state. Right. And, and not like you, you just continue to work your way North. So you, you, you know, you started in Florida um, and if my uh, Facebook and Instagram stalking serves me correctly, it looks like you went to Florida state.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and then, you know, you worked your way up, you worked your way up to Duke. And then now you've worked your way into Virginia. Uh, so being in a new state, maybe separated from family or, you know, systems of support that have supported you in the past, uh, what's it like to have to not necessarily rebuild those systems, but to, to find new systems that are local to you? Uh, what's it like, uh, you know, communicating with the systems that you've had in the past that are now maybe a little bit further away? So how are you balancing that as you're living
2: in a completely new state from any state you've ever lived in before? Yeah, uh, it's totally been a journey. I mean, in the sense that like some, some weeks I feel like I do it really well and other weeks I feel like I just completely, um, didn't, right. Um, you know, I, I tried to, I have a good relationship with my parents and so I try to FaceTime them twice a week. Um, I try to reach out to my grandparents or my grandmas, uh, you know, once every two weeks and, Um, I've got, I've got some more, some folks who kind of raised me in my walk, um, who I really haven't, I feel like the, the miles have certainly played a role in kind of hearing less, um, from them. And so when I do get to talk to them, it's normally a longer conversation, um, and something that we really, that I really need. And so, um, you know, being away from home and kind of where you grew up is difficult, um. But also the people here. Um, the Virginia Annual Conference uh, was not my bucket list outing for the summer, um, <laughs> but I'm incredibly grateful that I went because um, we got to meet a lot of folks who are pastors in the area, um, and we've already had two, uh, two or three outings where we get together on a Friday and just hang out and play games and eat and fellowship. Yeah, um, and these are you know, kind of like you, Andrew, these are younger pastors we're talking about, you know, so it's (laughs) been nice to, uh, the, the, the route 11 dream team as, uh, Brett and, uh, has tagged us. So, you know, it's, it's a balance, it's a balance between, um, not, not neglecting the folks that got you to where that you are and
1: being able to hold you accountable in ways that new folks just can't right now. Um, and also being able to be willing to open yourself up to new support systems. And obviously, you know, when your best friend is
2: also a pastor and, you know, it certainly makes it easier on some, some days to, uh, you know, have those conversations and making sure that, you know, we're kind of keeping each other in check when it comes to, um, the work life for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, and and, I mean, speaking of best friend, you know, Ashley kind of dropped it a little bit earlier, but but you two are engaged. And so in the midst of starting new ministries, getting acquainted with the people at your church, uh, making sure you don't, you know, burn your churches down, uh, all those fun things that you do in your first year of ministry, you're also planning a wedding. Um, And so... It's it's a high stress time. And, and I mean, I remember, you know, I remember going through wedding planning and all that stuff. And it can be a high stress time just alone. And then you throw in vocation, you throw in all of these different things on top of that. And so h- how are you balancing that time? I mean, that's gonna that time becomes the ultimate, you know, decider of our self care. Uh, the amount of time we're willing to dedicate to ourselves is going to directly reflect how refreshed, how renewed. And so, you know, I know, especially with everything that I have on my plate, um, the way in which balancing our time becomes vital and crucial in that. And so how are you balancing your time with, with a lot of these different things that you have going on in your life right now?
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, I thank God for my mom. I mean, both my parents, but like my mom has been just a lifesaver when it comes to like wedding planning because, and we're so close, like we're barely an hour away from my parents. Um, (laughs) which like God and Victor and Bishop Lewis or whatever, like whoever had a role in that, just I'm so grateful because it really worked out in our favor to be so close to not only, you know, Charlottesville where they are, but also our venue and just that has made planning very much easier on us. Um, so whether it's like a weekend trip to figure things out or just like having my mom come over for a couple of
1: days, been um, yeah, that's been great. So. Um, thankfully we've gotten most of like the big things done or at least like figured
3: out or planned. So that's been good. We kind of tried, even though our wedding's not till April, we've tried to be like very on, on it. Um, so that, you know, when it comes, (laughs) I mean, our wedding is the week after Easter. So we want to definitely plan more on the early front rather than the later front, but
0: probably a good time for a pastor wedding. (laughs) 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 right at the end of that big busy season though hopefully the stress isn't isn't too bad um and then the you know you guys are uh obviously you had the time that you spent together at duke uh and and you have this time now where uh you're closely connected you know geographically and so what are you learning i mean you don't need to go like in the details like i'm not i'm not you know Marriage counseling right now. Um, I don't need to. I don't want to. Um, but the other part of that comes: you're learning how to balance one another out in self care, um, and and highlighting sort of the newness of what it is like to practice self care in this environment, and setting good boundaries from the onset uh, is kind of the theme of this episode. And so, you know, y'all are about to enter this time where you are going to be surrounded by one another. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. 365 um and so how are you you know figuring that out how are you not just setting good boundaries with your churches with your friends but but what are you coming to to set boundaries with each other as well
2: yeah that, i mean that's a really honest and good question um i mean we we have, we like being together uh, i hope so and and at the same time <laughs> Uh one of the early on weeks we were, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the early on weeks,
1: uh Ashley went golfing with me. Um and
2: she's laughing right now because she knows how much I kept like yelling at her like, hey, get off the phone or like, hey, like I'm you know, this is my this is kind of my time where I'm out on the golf course and with my thoughts and you know, I think we we realized like it's not really a place where both of us like Need to be, and there needs to be.
3: He invited me, by
2: the way. I did, I did not invite myself.
1: I, I invited her. I was like, "Oh, this this could be a really like fun way." We just learned from that that it's just yeah. not good for our relationship for me to be on the golf course with him, and that's fine.
2: But, but, but I think that does point out a really good point, and both of us know. Like, um, I think we're aware enough when we know that our limits have been hit. Um, like, hey, you know, there's no love loss, but I'm gonna step away, or I'm gonna go do, you know, whatever at my place, or you know, whatnot. Um, and we don't, I mean, you know, especially with the wedding stuff. Um, I do think you know sometimes it's like wedding and church, and we have to be like, hold up, let's pause. Um, we love playing board games with each other, <laughs> um, which normally uh, raises the stress. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ashley has flipped. <laughs> multiple yeah ashley uh has has flipped multiple game boards at my face
1: Um, okay that's a lie (laughs) and,
2: and and so we uh you know even then we know i feel like uh it's an outlet for us to kind of get away from the You know, the tough, the toughness around the Methodist church right now or the the wedding stress or the church, our
1: own churches um, and just to play. Yeah, I think games, too, are like a good way, like you said, to
3: get like our stress out and to do something fun but also like if you're like in a fight like we found that it's a very good way like take your anger out on the board game like and just put all of your energy towards that instead <laughs> of toward each other it's great
0: <laughs> i mean you know and and it's I, I always tell people it's important to find those boundaries out early on cuz they really help uh, and again when we when we translate that just into life in general it comes into knowing ourselves, knowing our community, knowing those around us, and, and what makes each other tick, that's that's really going to help to create those healthy relationships that move us forward. Because a- as I've explored before, self-care, it goes beyond just caring for yourself because the way that we care for ourselves is is directly going to impact the way that we're able to care for others, whether those others are you know the people who are closest to us in our lives or those others are members of our churches or uh, uh, colleagues who are in our vocation or whether those are just strangers that we're running into on the street or wherever, the way that we establish healthy practices in every relationship and every aspect of our lives is a form of self-care because it helps us to know and to see others kind of like we've talked about before as, you know, these are created beings in, in God's image. Uh, whether whether they believe in God or not. And it's not like they deserve to be treated any differently because of any other fact of that. And so it's in these boundaries that we create that help to care for ourselves. Um, and getting that anger out. Yeah, get and getting the anger out with the ones that we love most because uh, me blowing up uh, at my wife is going to look a lot different than me blowing up to a random person on the side of the road. Uh, not that it needs to happen for either mm-hmm. one, uh, my blowing up comes in just pounding that pavement when I'm allowed to run. And I'm not, you know, the bionic man uh, getting, my, getting my UCL ready for, for the major league season next year. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so as, as y'all have been in, in this, you know, season now, as we've talked about for, for a month and a half or
1: so, you know, what are those lessons that you've learned so far? Um, and I want to ask that because oftentimes it's early
0: on when we do our best reflecting, uh, for those pastors who have been around for 30, 40 years, uh, you know, they've learned lessons over the long haul and can go back and say, I wish I had done this. I wish I had that, you know, y'all are at this really early stage of ministry where in your mid twenties, I mean, I'm sorry to say it to both of you. I mean, you're probably going to be pastors until you're like 90. Um, And so you're going to be here a while. So let's try to learn our lessons quickly. Um, But what lessons have you learned so far in ministry?
3: I mean, I think from one of the big lessons for me coming in is just they like the people that trained us and like, you know, kind of led us to be pastors and taught us how to be pastors um, really ingrained in us to the whole like don't change anything for a year while you're at your new church which is good to an extent but i think for me when i came in i took that like my brain took that so literally that like i was putting myself in situations that made me uncomfortable because i was so afraid of like changing from what the other pastors before me did and so like for example i don't love being in the church just by myself like alone um and when it's just me and my tr- amazing church administrator on staff and so when she's not here, it's just me, and I was finding myself not really internally being okay with that and so whenever she's not here, I usually will work elsewhere, whether it's at Blaine's church with him or at home or coffee shop and I kind of had to let myself be okay with that because it was like, oh well, this isn't you know what my predecessors did, and so should I even be doing this like they always work from the office or whatever, and again, back to the perfectionism thing, just not wanting to do anything different or messing up anything that was originally done
1: um I think that was honestly one of the biggest lessons and so yeah I mean and when it when it comes to lessons I
2: mean Ashley and I I know we don't go um a day it seems like without being referred to as oh you all are so young you're still trying to find your way um but trying to be able to like live into that um you yeah, I'm not, you know, the pastor before me or the six pastors before me, Um, you know, and this is where I am. Um, And this is, you know, I think being able to be okay with that um, and not, you know, trying to be another pastor, not trying to please folks, not trying to understanding that there's just no way that you're going to be able to please everyone, nor should you, um, as well as like being able to, you know, get folks back to church after the pandemic. Like you can make a phone call, you can make a visit, um, but you can't drag someone by the neck and bring them back to church. Um, and so just being able to say, okay, um, you know, I've done that. I, I've, you know, invited folks. I've been invitational. I've been authentic. Um, and, and me being okay with authentic pastor Blaine, rather than, you know, trying to be another pastor who everyone
1: liked in the past. Um, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I reflect on that all the time. Um, I mean, I
0: remember starting out in ministry and being like the youngest pastor on my district by like, you know, over almost a decade, (laughs) Um, let alone lowering the average age of pastors at my churches by several decades, just by my mere presence there. Um, and, and And it really does bring about the point of, uh, you know, some some things that we've talked about on this podcast before that that idea of self-worth that that at some stage in our lives, we have to understand and know that um, I deserve to be loved for who I am, not for the not for what they think I should be offering to them. Um, and so, you know, I'm, my worth is not determined by my last sermon um, As 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 painful as it is to say that um because i like my sermons to be great uh i like every sermon i i preach to be you know on par with Will Willimon. Uh, i mean it's it's the it's the dream um but to to know that just because i have a bad day or a bad week or you know a a bad season that that it doesn't define me as a bad pastor uh and so those lessons that we learn really early on like i said those are going to be the things that hopefully as we you know, reflect in on that, uh, and and to encourage us all and and listeners that that sort of uh, inward reflection that we do when we're in these times, especially early on in our vocations, are what's going to help us to be able to do this for the long haul. Um, because one of the things we fear is burnout, and and we don't want to work so hard that we get burnt out, and we don't want to feel burnout, we don't want to. Uh, lose the passion and drive and desire that we have for ministry. Um, so what are those things that, that you're doing right now early on, um, aside from these learned lessons, uh, what are some things that you're focusing on to help keep that passion? Because uh, I think that that can be a form of self-care, is reminding ourselves why we love our jobs. Uh, and so what are those things that you're holding on to so far that is helping you to remind you, maybe on those
2: bad days, I love being a pastor. Yeah, uh, I know for me, um, really being able to see and be a part of our local church food pantry—we um, do it every Monday. Um, it's not—it's not something that the pastor in the past have always been a part of, um, and, but for me, it's one of my joys of the week. Uh, I'm going to uh, really buy into. But I, I, you know, the food pantry for me is a time to be in community with our with the folks in the community, um, and has really become like a part of my joy um, in being a pastor. Is just being around and offering pastoral care and carrying boxes to cars. Um, Those are the small things that I'm like, oh man, this is so life giving. I'm so thankful to be a pastor, and so it's finding what um, kind of burns inside of me and, and going kind of, again, not, not what has been asked of me, but to um, create my own path in ways that I know that the Lord um, is filling me up by, by being able to use that as an avenue of joy.
0: And what about you, Ashley?
3: I think for me, one of the main like ways that I've loved doing ministry so far has been by like getting out of the church building and into the community. Um, so having, you know, weekly coffee hours and having, um, ice cream socials has been really fun with our church. And, um, I think it's just provided an informal way of getting out into the community, not only so that people can see like, oh, this church that maybe they haven't heard of before is, you know, being active and doing something other than, you know, worship on Sundays and, but also just to. You know, have a little more fun. Like sometimes church gets so serious and formal. Like it's it's great to get out and to see people and myself even outside of our element, um, just hanging out and eating ice cream or drinking coffee and just talking about lighthearted things. In you know a time where there's a lot of heavy things, it's great to have those outlets as a church together.
1: And
0: you know, when I think about my ministry, it's holding on to those just passions and joys. And it sounds like those are things that come forth as, as you two unpack, you know, the ministry that you're doing as well. Um, And when we think about self-care, it continues to highlight how it's not just, you know, this one thing or this other thing. Um, And I was reflecting to some of my colleagues about some things that have happened here on my district so far. And, trying to understand this differentiation between, you know, renewal that happens within, you know, my vocation within church, and then renewal that happens outside of church. Uh, and to name that, you know, we need to, we need to balance the two. It's not one or the other, but it needs to be balanced. Uh, and, and to find those balances because those are going to be the things that, or those are going to be the, the times where it's like, all right, I have this church thing, right. You know, we have a church thing on a Saturday. Well, Saturday's kind of my day off. And we kind of run that process of, all right, what's happening? What's going on? Is it something that I can take away from this time? Is there time that I can find to find renewal and refreshment at a different point in the week to sort of make up for this fact? And as we learn those lessons, that's what's going to continue to highlight those abilities for us to uh, hopefully prevent that burnout. Because that, I mean, and, and that's what I want to do is I, I want to see a church uh, and, and I mean, society in general, this is not just me focusing on the church, but but I want to see a church and I want to see clergy in the church who can serve, you know, 30, 40 years. Because uh, when I was early on in ministry, and I got pressed of, well, why do you need a day off? Like, you're supposed to be the pastor, you're supposed to be here for us all the time. And I said, yes, I'm supposed to be here for you. But like, also, I'm 25. And if You know, if I make it all the way to mandatory retirement, as it's currently defined in the Book of Discipline, um, that's 42 years of ministry. Uh, And that's nothing to say of current retired pastors who are serving in retirement after they've hit that mandatory retirement age. Um, And that's also to say, like, oh, we think that mandatory retirement is going to stay 72 for the next, you know, 30 years uh, and, and it's not going to go up. And then, you know, what does retirement even look like? You know, if you believe a lot of the current stuff, pastors are on their way to having to be bivocational. I'm going to have to have two jobs just to make ends meet as a pastor. Um, and so what are those things that we're trying to do to avoid burnout and to remind ourselves that we love our job, not at the expense of caring for ourselves, but
1: in the midst of caring for ourselves and what are going to be those things? Uh, that we've done, um, and so uh, you know, as we
0: wrap up here today, just in reflection of of where we've been, of what we've done, you know, what are those? Uh, what's been those tough points? What's been the what's been the hard part about this? You know, and and I asked this question because uh, actually I remember really early on. I can't remember if it was Instagram or Twitter that I saw it on. Uh, but you really like bemoaned that like day off during the week, not as,
1: hey, I don't need it, but like I'm struggling with what to do. Um, and so, like, what's been the toughest part so far? I didn't realize it'd also be the toughest question. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, you know, yeah, I, I think, um, I think for me, it has been, feeling like the ministry that is going
2: on in our church um, is being undermined by this big conversation of what does the future look like? Um, And that's been the really most difficult part, um, at least trying to get folks to continue to be passionate um, about the church, about our community, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um while having these conversations mm. um that are weighing heavy um and like you know it's it 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 it's been really hard um I've had my own home church uh that's been in the thick of this and has caused a lot of stress um for me as a pastor um but probably more as a follower of christ who has family and friends who I feel like are being left in the carnage. Um, and so that, that to me, is, it's the hardest part um, is how do we continue to be faithful um, when we can't always see
1: the end um, or the light at the end of the tunnel? What about you, Ashley? The wheels turning. It's <laughs> <is> a hard <laughs> question, but I mean,
3: not that nothing has not been hard, but it's um, certainly been, but I think, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier is just being able to leave, lean into my full self as a pastor for the first time and kind of what that feels like and looks like um, coming into a church that has never had a 25 year old woman before as their pastor. And so um, kind of just navigating that. I mean, my church is amazing and the people are great. Um, so they've made it very easy um, for the most part to like come in and, be who I am because I think y'all were talking about it earlier. But people can tell like when you're not mm-hmm. being your most like authentic self, and so it's not worth trying to be another pastor or somebody that you're not. And so um, for me, I just think finding my footing and h- how I am as a leader and what that looks like and what works for this church and what they need and um, what I need and what I want to do for ministry and just matching the two. Um, so definitely a journey.
0: And, and I mean, there's there's a lot that's in that as well. And I mean, for both of you, because um, there's so many people who have this one fixed ideal of who a pastor can be. Um, and Ashley, I know I've seen you speak on that. And and I know you've got a lot of scars just from your education uh, and your background uh, that, that play into that. And Blaine, it sounds like you do as well of of where you're going as you continue to live out this ministry um, and, and what that looks like, continuing to play into that role of self-worth and self-care and how we view ourselves because how that plays out definitely plays a role in how we can be like, I like to say, I need to be the best pastor I can be. Um, I don't need to be the best pastor ever in the history of all time um, because that was Jesus. Um, but I need to be the best pastor that I can be in order to serve. Um, and I'll often tell people like, I can't do that unless you all work with me or unless you all let me in to be in this space. Um, and I think being in that conversation and allowing people to do that. Um, and when people don't do that, that's when it becomes really hard. That w- That's when it becomes unhealthy for both us and for the churches that we serve. Um, and so unpacking that and having that knowledge that, you know sits with us, sits with our congregations, sits with our loved ones um, and those who are on this journey around us uh, and we continue to play into those roles um so as we wrap up here in this episode uh, so Ashley, you've you've played this before, uh, but you know I just always have these closing questions that I like to to go through um, but uh, and I can, I can ask this one again. So, so what is something that you've done individually and together that's made you feel accomplished?
3: I think together we make like, we make a good team, like, which I, of course, like all, you know, partners should, you know, have that as a couple, but like, I think for us, like we know with our personalities, we could never ever be pastors together, like at the same church that just would not work ever. But as a team like of pastors of our own separate churches, we've been really good about doing food pantry together and um, you know, going to each other's ice cream socials and whatever um, each church is hosting um, and just showing up for one another. So that, I think, has made me feel really accomplished because people love seeing him here and I think
1: hopefully like seeing me with him there. <laughs> and so that's been really fun and makes me definitely feel good. Yeah, I mean, the way that our churches have kind of, um, you know, we're not the traditional
2: pastor's husband or even pastor's wife, right? Um, And so trying to make sure that we are supporting one another um, when we're both at different places on Sunday morning, preaching from different pulpit. Um, I think that has been really cool because, like, Ashley has started – to build relationships with folks at my church, and I've started to build relationships with folks at her church. And um, being the resident Floridian, it has opened me up for a multitude of like butt of all jokes, rightfully so. Like, you know, when it, it football season's upon us, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, football season's upon us, and so like all these folks who are like Virginia Tech and Virginia, and I'm like, well, go Florida <laughs> State, and they're like, what is this
1: guy doing? Um, you know, all of those conversations enjoy have have been really fun um and and it and
2: it's just the way ashley and i are able to support one another and love each other and um, love each other's churches and the folks in them um so yeah we i i enjoy being the uh the, the pastor's spouse or soon-to-be spouse when i'm uh um uh, mm-hmm. you know over at her place and then what's uh what's an upcoming goal that you have yeah, I know for me, I just want to continue to find the rhythms um, that are going to be beneficial and fruitful, um, you know, especially when it comes to like, hey, how do I, you know, find the time to do this? And how do I find the time to exercise in a way that I know is mentally um, and more important probably than the physical aspect? Um, you know, how? So that's kind of my goal. I want to in the next in the next month or so, I want to be able to say, okay, here I am. It's been two and a half months. We're coming up on three months. I want to make sure that I am being, like you said, the
1: best blame, not just the best pastor yeah. I can be, but the best blame I can be um, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine is just to continue to you know think, think
3: out of the box and get our church out um, and maybe doing things that they've never done before. Ministry related, yes, but also just like social things to get people out and talking and have fellowship with one another. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me that they want to get up in the mountains and hike, and that's super exciting for me because I love to hike. (laughs) And so, as far as self care, I think that's a great way to do work and to do ministry, but also to do self care and um, work on myself as well. So,
1: um, that's a goal specifically for fall, but. (laughs) Awesome. And then um, aside from God and each other, who do you go to when times get tough?
3: My sister. She's like my best friend. So definitely her. Shout out, Amanda.
1: Yeah, I I still have a couple. Um, My older youth pastor, um,
2: who was the one who was like, Blaine, you're called and you you can respond or not. That's up to you. Um, and then another couple who have just pushed me along the way. Um, they're always a phone call away. Um, and like I said, there's miles separating us, but they're, um, they're always willing to support me and, um, answer ministry questions and also just like ask, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Wesley question, like, how is your soul Blame You know, uh, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for FaceTime and I'm incredibly grateful for, a,
1: a uh, long distance, uh, Phone call, phone calls, yeah. They might be miles away from him, but because everything's
3: a competition between us, they're in Florida and my sister's in Wyoming.
1: So <laughs> I
2: Everyone is now seen just a little sliver <laughs> of our life. Together.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say, so this is going to be the part of the podcast that I'm going to cut as a video. That way I can just, everybody in the world can see Blaine's reaction to that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. No. I mean, so it's been great having you two on. Um, You know, Like I said, I wanted to come in and and see from a very early on perspective what setting these boundaries, what self-care looks like, what establishing this stuff looks like. And so, you know, it's been great having you two on. Uh, You know, we might have to do this towards the end of the year once it's been about six months. And then we'll come back like in a year and we'll talk to Ashley about everything that she has decided to change. Within the 12 months that she's been a pastor, because, you know, I'm I'm assuming that like maybe a church building like you might. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. No, it's been great having you two on. What a blessing. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you for having us.
2: Thanks, Andrew.
0: I know I say it all the time, but just a great conversation here with Ashley and Blaine as we were able to unpack and, and look a little deeper into what it looks like to set good self-care boundaries from the onset of a relationship that we have. Uh, you heard from each of them things that they uh, dictated right up front. These are things that I want to do. I want my day off on Friday. Uh, and you saw that not just in their relationship between them and their, their churches, them and their vocations, but them between themselves and them with their colleagues, them with their friends. And it really goes to show that uh, hopefully we could check back with Ashley and Blaine in a number of years and these boundaries, these rituals, these practices that they set up at the forefront of their ministry are what is going to help them be better pastors in the future. And I mean, at least from my perspective, I hope that's the case, because these are two amazing pastors who I hope will continue to serve long into the future and will have wonderful and amazing ministries. And so I think we see that, you know, while it may be tough to set these boundaries it becomes so important and necessary and we got this example from Ashley and Blaine of doing it right at the onset but I don't want that to discourage you from thinking oh well they did it when they first got there I need to be here for a while um, or I've been here for a while how could I possibly do it now and, and and to say that it's never too late to set those boundaries it's never too late to put those uh, ways and places into effect for you to take care of yourself and so uh, I want to thank you so much for joining in this conversation Conversation for, for being a part of it, for listening to it as we have unpacked and continue to unpack this nature of self-care. Don't forget to check out those show notes. As always, uh, there's a lot of good information that I try and put in there. And so if you check out those show notes, there are links uh, to all that great stuff that, that you can be a part of the Active Faith Community on Facebook. Uh, you have links to connect with uh, Ashley and with Blaine. Uh, and then I would invite you to please follow and subscribe to this podcast. You know, new episodes come out every week, but you won't even have to worry about checking the feed. They'll just automatically be there for you. If you follow and subscribe, use your favorite podcasting app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, you know, Stitcher, whatever it is. Uh, and and uh, while you're there, while you're uh, at whatever app you use, or, or maybe hop on over to Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would leave a rating and review and let me know what you're loving about this podcast uh, so that others, as they come across the podcast and they look at those ratings and reviews, they can see, oh man, yeah, this is this looks like something that i could learn from um, I want to close this episode by thanking my patrons, David Vaughn, Pam Anderson, and Amy Dane. I've got some awesome things in the work for patrons, uh, as well as for uh, those of you who are joining us. So I've just ordered some stickers. Uh, and if you join my Patreon, I will send you uh, three free active faith stickers to use, uh, to post, to, to, to show off the podcast uh, that you love so much. Some, that's something new that I'm going to be offering to patrons. I am hoping have some stickers out for the general public as well but for right now uh just available for patrons so if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash run and rev uh and any dollar amount a month will help to support this mission and ministry and now may god bless each of us and we we find ways to stay active in and for god's kingdom amen